Hello, welcome to Pocket Thoughts. We've made it 10 episodes in and it has been a blast so far. We are without Bobby on today's episode because he's on vacation, but we have Joey back, so we'll have a great episode for you guys with Brady, Joey, and I. On today's episode, our first question is, what are some of your favorite ways of rejuvenating your mind and body? Next, we find out the best thing we've learned from our worst boss. And if you've been lucky enough to not have a bad boss, what's the best thing we have learned from a boss we had or currently have? The final question for today is what is one or more bad habits you currently have that you think is keeping you from getting to the next level? And as always, we have our weekly wrap and educating entrepreneurs update. Enjoy the show and I hope you guys have a great week. Pocket Thoughts once again, and this week, Joey is back, but we are without <laughs> Bobby. Bobby switched places with Joey, and now Bobby is in Hawaii. So What's going on, guys? Me and Bobby just did a little switcheroo on the, uh, on the, on the flight, so. Yep. So, <laughs> got, some, uh, got some good questions again today, so who wants to start off? So, one thing that I was curious to know, when we all get very, very busy, what are some of your favorite ways of um, just rejuvenating your mind and your body? I know some of ours are going to be working out, which is a great one, and it's one of mine as well. But besides that, what are some other ways you um, kind of rejuvenate yourself for, the, for working more hours or for the next day or whatever it may be? Brando, you want to start us off? Yeah. Mine would be to just get up and walk around and listen to music. We have a huge office, so it's nice to see what other people are doing. I'm not just stopping and sitting at their desk or anything. Unless it's someone I know, then I'll go talk to them. So it's nice to just get a break from that and walk around and kind of refresh myself from sitting at my desk for could be like three hours in a row just working on something. So it's nice to get up and listen to music and... I also will listen to music when I'm at my desk too, so when I'm doing that, it's just kind of takes me away from feeling like I'm sitting around all these people and it kind of gets me in the zone. So I notice that like when I'm not listening to music when I'm at my desk, I'm listening to other people talk and then it gets me distracted because I'm like, what are they talking about right now? And then I also feel like I'm pretty creepy that I'm just listening in on their conversations and not giving any input, which would also be weird if I started doing that too. <laughs> Basically, just getting away from my desk is something that I guess rejuvenates me just because I just feel like I don't have anything really to worry about and kind of resets my mind. So when I do get back to my desk, I'll be ready to go. Do you have a music preference or is it just whatever comes to mind? Um, I've kind of just been switching up a lot lately. Like today I was listening to country and then all of a sudden I just started listening to like hip-hop like halfway through the day so it's just i guess it depends on my mood i don't know usually when i'm like in a bad mood i'll listen to country because that makes me feel a little better and then like if i know i have to do something and sit at my desk for like two hours straight i'll listen to like hip-hop just because it 
gets my energy up and I'll be like moving around at my desk and stuff and people probably think I'm really weird. I'm bumping, I'm bumping music, so it's fun for me. So I have a couple things that I like to do. I'd say, and you you brought this up, Joey, but I'd say one of my, my top ones is definitely working out. Just like a relief for both the mind and the body. I usually actually work out right away in the morning because if I don't, I get, I just get really antsy sitting at my desk, like what you were talking about, Brandon. Like I can't sit at my desk all day long yeah. if I don't get up and work out in the morning because I'm just like so pent up. The nice thing is, is I have a standing desk, yeah. um, so yeah, that, that helps a ton because I can at least like move around at my desk and I don't feel like <laughs> I'm just confined to a chair all day. But even just standing there is still just as bad sometimes. So exactly, yeah. Usually I'll get up and work out in the morning, but some days if I have a really long day, I'll do something at night too, just go for a run, whatever. But outside of that, one of my big ones is just getting outside. Even if I can go outside for like 10 minutes, go either walk around the block or sit outside on a bench. Like for some reason, getting outside really clears my head. Like even if I took a break and sat inside for 10 minutes, I get way more out of it if I just go sit outside. And I don't know if it's the fresh air or just a mental thing, but Mm -hmm. getting outside, even in the winter, like it just feels great to... I don't know if it's like smelling the fresh air or what it is, but I love getting outside. And for me, because you're not in Minnesota anymore. Yeah, that's probably that's probably why. Yeah, I can go outside in the winter. Seriously, it's just something about getting outside and being able to like I don't know if it's like clear your head or walk around, whatever it is. But getting outside is one of my big ones. Um, another one is just like talking to people. Brandon, I'm kind of similar to you in the fact that I listen to music at my desk. But if I don't have headphones in, we have like a our workspace is all open and I don't know how yours is set up. Yeah, it's the same way. But we have like 35-ish people that are around the same age that just like talk all day long and some people can work like that but I have to put in my headphones and listen to music so I can't hear anybody which one thing is I don't have conversations like during a lot of my work so what I like when I want to take a break I'll take my headphones out and talk to people. For me that like helps just like reconnect with people kind of dial back and helps like rejuvenate my maybe like mentally a little bit Mm -hmm. um and my last one um and i usually do this at night i always do it in the morning but if i have like a a long day i'll do this at night too before i go to bed meditate i know i've talked about this before and i was never really a big proponent of it until the last like two three months but i've noticed like how big of a difference it makes when i can just get five minutes or ten minutes in and it doesn't always have to be like the meditation that you think of and like ohm ohm like it's, it's not like that it's just like like deep breathing like understanding your breathing and just kind of like stepping away from whatever work you're doing so for me meditating even if it's just for five or ten minutes has been huge 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 to help me just decompress but top of that list is definitely get outside and or work out and then when i have small bits of time just just talking and, and a little bit of meditation so that's for me what works best that's that's solid i mean i have some some pretty similar tactics of what I do. Um, obviously, if if I'm if my brain is just like absolute like mush, like my mental state is just gone, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go work out and I uh, can do some mindless activity like that. Another thing I do if my brain is just gone is just have a conversation with someone and just talk. I mean, it's similar to Brady's, but when you feel like you just can't do anything intellectually anymore, you're like, all right, need a break. I'm just going to chat with someone. On the other hand, when you're just feeling a little tired, but your brain's there a little bit, it's actually kind of nice to have like an intellectual conversation with someone at work regarding something not relating to work. I think that's a good one for me because it's you're uh, creating more relationship with your coworkers and you're kind of just challenging your brain in a different way than you're, you're used to during the day. I didn't think of this one, but yeah, going outside, Brady, that is 
huge. And unfortunately for a couple of Minnesotans, it's not the most ideal thing to do. I mean, you're definitely going to get woken up if you walk outside <laughs> today. That's for sure, especially if you spend 10 minutes. I think there's a frostbite warning and a certain timing of being outside. So that's lovely. But no, those are all, uh, it's all answers. I like that. I definitely don't miss that. How cold is it? I heard it's pretty cold back there. It's I have no idea. 16 right now. But next Tuesday, a high of minus one and a low of minus 21. Damn. That's the I temperature. Yeah, that's what, see. The wind here, chills, like. Yeah. That's what I was, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to that. But here, I like, I think on Sunday, it was like with wind chills, it got down to like five or seven below, which like for Minnesota isn't that bad. But for here, it was like there was an emergency. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do not open a door. Don't go outside. Don't drive. Like. It was so funny, but yeah, I mean, that, that definitely changes getting outside. Joey, I think I actually really, really like yours, and I've never done this like really at work, I guess, maybe just because I haven't thought of it or what, but I love the intellectual conversation one. I have a lot of those like at night when it's just like you're not at work, but I feel like it definitely like opens up, I don't know if it opens up pathways or like activates different areas of your brain, but I love those kind of conversations, and Maybe that's just like a personal thing as well, but I really, really like that one because that's something where in order to have a good, deep conversation like that, you really have to be tuned in and you can't be thinking about anything else or like have your mind wandering or checking your phone. So that's a big one because I feel like anything that you can do that's going to completely take your mind off of whatever it is that you're kind of working on or or kind of pent up about is going to help out with that. So I I really, really like that one. I definitely didn't, didn't think of that, but that's a very good one. So we're rarely all together, us us four, but when we are, we always have these random deep-ass conversations, and they're always so interesting. <laughs> they're unreal. Yeah, for everybody out there, too, if you if you got a group of people, like, obviously it comes with a little bit of trust, and once you get to know people, but find people that you can have those conversations with, regardless of what it's about, but God, we talk about everything under the sun, but we can really, really dive deep into some concepts and... I think that comes with how long we've known each other and kind of how much we trust each other because some of the stuff's probably would sound dumb if you said it to anybody or people would be like caught off guard like what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. But I think we've been together long enough and know each other well enough that we can have those good conversations, those deep conversations. So for people out there like I at least uh, I would say definitely find those people that you can have those conversations with cuz I love 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 when we have those conversations and we can talk about it for hours too which is just amazing that's that's great no that's that's a great point brando you want to go ahead with uh your question yeah what is the best thing you've learned from your worst boss and if you have been lucky and haven't had a bad boss um what is the best thing you've learned from just any of the bosses that you've had do you have a bad boss story joey i've only had one boss ever so (laughs) i've had him for six months Um, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a few. I'll, I'll share one, um, and it's, and I'll share the good and the bad, and give you the comparison and things like that. So, um, one of the bad experiences I've had. Well, actually, I'm gonna start off by the lesson actually um, that I've learned from this boss is really investing in your work relationships with with your employees or just your coworkers in general, whether that be time, money, your knowledge whatever it may be, and it can pay just major dividends in the future. So I have a boss, or had, that uh, is very, very strict with um, spending on employees and coworkers. 
he or she makes unnecessarily like really picky review of different deliverables that it really doesn't matter and it actually makes our process more inefficient the fact that he or she does this and they also don't spend a lot of time outside of work with their employees and co-workers i have another boss who uh he spent a lot of time training me um he gives me a, a very good amount of flexibility when i need it and to me going to hawaii for 10 days he's invested in like an actual work relationship with me not only with time giving me his knowledge but outside of work as well so now i'm going to give you a scenario of let's say we have an emergency with one of our clients right and they need a deliverable prepared over the weekend and into some of the nights. Which boss do you think I'd be more willing to sacrifice my weekend and pull an all-nighter for? You know, it's, it's the one that I actually have a relationship with and that's actually spent time with me. It's not that I won't do it, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's just I feel more loyal towards someone who's actually investing their time in me. And so your lessons I've learned from both of those bosses and I wouldn't have been able to learn it without both of them because I couldn't see both sides of the coin was that investing in your employees and in your coworkers is huge and it can pay off major dividends in the future. Yeah, that's really good. I like that one. Um, and now that now that you brought it up and I had a little bit of time to think of it, I have had another boss than the one that I have right now. So I can I can speak a little bit on this topic. Joey, I have a, I have a question for you going off that because I, I think that's a really good point and I think that happens in a lot of jobs where you're asked to maybe do a weekend or give, hey, you're going to have a six, like 60, 70 hour weeks for the next three to four weeks. I really need you to like buckle down. And a lot of times people at our age or people that are working kind of think like that's not really my job. But with that work relationship, it makes it obviously a lot easier to do that. And along with that is leading by example necessary for you to buy in. So if you see your boss like working 50 hour weeks or whatever, but then he asks you to do 70, are you less likely to do it? I think this is probably a little bit more like per, on a person-to-person basis, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are because I kind of know where I stand on this, and I, I'm just curious what you guys, like probably both of you think on that, if that makes sense. You know, to, to some extent, I see, I see, I see both sides here. Um, yes, I would like to see my manager work <laughs> as much as I do. But the thing is, you have to think about also is that they've come up doing exactly what you're doing, and they've almost paid their dues in a sense where they've had the ability to be where they are right now because of how hard they worked, and so now they're getting rewarded, and so they don't have to work those hours. They're definitely smarter than you, and they know more (laughs) than you, but like... You're gonna do the grunt work, and you're gonna you're gonna learn a ton. You are, yeah. You might be putting in a lot more hours than them, but that's that's what you get. They're they're smarter than you, so you're, it's gonna take you longer to do things and stuff like that. So I see both sides of the coin in this one. I mean, it makes sense. You would want to see them online as late as you are when you're if you're working from home or the office. You'd love to see them online. Just be like, gosh, well, it's good to know they're working on it too the project, whatever. But at the same time, you're like, well, they've come up doing this and now it's my turn. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I think that's, that's, that's a really tough one too, because I think you're spot on. Like they, they went through what you went through to get to where they are. And I think it's easy to look from your perspective and say like, 
if you're like if you're doing 40 hours or 50 hours, why the hell would you expect me to to do 70? But they went through the same exact thing that you went to went through most likely. I mean, there are maybe maybe some one off cases, but it's kind of putting in your time. But I think for me personally, and I agree with with everything that you just said. I think for me personally, it is a little bit easier to put in those hours when you do see someone when you've got a boss that's like, you know, I, I see that we got pressed on this project. Like I'm willing to go. We can we can work on this on Sunday, or we're, we're, I'm willing to put in an extra ten hours. And so they might not be up to where you are, but they're just like just the thought or or showing that yeah, I'll go above and beyond as well. I'm not just telling you to do it. Um, at least for me, is a lot easier to sit down and be like, okay, I can do that because it's really easy for me when I have work that I know I need to get done to sit down and do it. But it's different when someone else says, oh, I need you to do twenty extra hours for me. Then it's like. It gets a lot tougher, yeah. but when you have a boss that's willing to step up and maybe take a little bit, even if there's, they're like, I'll take five hours of that for you. For me, it's always a lot, a lot easier to step in and, and do something like that. Um, and, and jump and jumping off that, I think it's just a different way of putting what you said. When your boss is willing to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty and like the low end work, if you will, then you're like, all right, this guy's just wants to get this done, and he's working with me. And that really just gives you the extra motivation. Well, in my opinion, it gives me the extra motivation. I 100% agree. I actually, like, just going off that, I think, for me, that's probably, like, one of the respect I give somebody is when you know the work is way below their pay grade and someone's saying, like, hey, I know we need to get this done and I'm willing to step up and do it right alongside you because, obviously, like, someone that's that's been there five years, ten years, fifteen years longer than you doesn't even have to look at this work that you're doing, doesn't even have to touch it, but the fact that and times like that, they'll say like, oh, yeah, I'll input data into an Excel sheet or I'll call people with you, like just doing grunt work like that. For me, that's like that's when someone's like, I earn that, like you earn that respect for me and whatever you ask of me, like I'll step up to the plate and I'll do it. So for me, that's that's something that's I, I think you make a really good point is when someone's willing to roll up their sleeves and do that. I'm willing to step up and say, hey, whatever you need, I'm there. Like I'll be in the batter's box ready to hit. So no, that's that's awesome. So yeah. for me. For the experience that I had before my boss now, I have a good experience for my boss now. I'm really, really fortunate to be working who I'm working under. But in the past, for the one other boss that I did have, I would say the biggest thing that I've learned that he or she didn't do well was communication. And I think it's not just communication. Like I think like lines of communication were always there. But for me, it was transparency, understanding how decisions were made, understanding um, kind of where they were coming from and then getting feedback on, on my own work. Um, I, especially like when you're at, if you want to call it an entry level in the first year, two, three of your career, I think feedback is essential and maybe not everybody's like this, but I, I think everybody here would agree that if you did something wrong, you'd rather get that harsh or negative feedback than hear someone just say like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Because like, that's just going to multiply in your work down the road. If you think like, Oh, I made this slide deck and it was okay, or oh, I made this, I wrote this paper and it was okay. But in all reality, they're just trying to kind of not go soft on you, but don't want to step up and really say something that might hurt your feelings. And I think that's a big thing that we're encountering right now in our society is that people don't want to have that tough conversation. But I would much rather, I think that was the, the only bad thing that I could say about my previous boss was that not understanding where things were coming from, like where decisions were made, and then not just not seeing the bigger picture. Like I was told to do certain tasks, but I didn't see why I was doing them or for what reason. And then when I did a certain task and I would turn it over, 
getting no feedback or just saying like, oh yeah, this is great. I'll, I'll turn it over and get it to wherever it needs to be. So for me, that's like one of my big like pet peeves is like, I just want feedback. I don't care if it's terrible. If you think it's terrible or you think it's good, I just want to know like what track I'm on. Cause I think in, in different industries or different jobs, people expect different things. So it's good to hear that feedback, at least for me. Yeah. And, and going right off that, I think one of the, one of the worst things that, that happens for managers or whoever looks over your work is they'll take it and they'll be like, Oh, thank you so much. And then they'll correct a bunch of stuff and then they'll just send it off. Yep. And then you're stuck doing the same thing you've been doing before. Yep. It's, and it's one thing if they just say, okay, and they send it, uh, but it's another thing if they're like, make all the corrections, don't communicate with you and send it. And they're going to have to be doing that every time you send them a report. I hope they know that. <laughs> yep, exactly. But, and that, no, I a hundred percent agree with you too, because or the farther down the line from that is someone gets to work and they're like, who the hell made this? And your boss is like, oh, so-and-so made it. They're like, oh, he's been here for a year. He's been here for two years. How does he not know this? Well, like, no, this is the kind of work he does. Well, it's like, well, I've never gotten feedback. So, like, I'd happily change what I'm doing or improve what I'm doing. But without that feedback, you're just thinking like, oh, this is good. This is the standard. This is what people expect. So I, I agree with you 100% that that's bad. Um, actually for my boss right now, I have two positives that I've taken from him. I'm, I'm super, super lucky. Had a good relationship with that, with him before I, I came into the firm. So, um, maybe a little bit different than other individuals when you're going into a new firm. But one of the things is, and I think Joey touched on this is time, just the amount of time that someone's willing to give you, especially when they're like a senior seen as a senior leader within the firm. Um, someone that's been here 15, 20, 25 years, the fact that they're willing to, sit down with you at lunch or go to dinner with you once a week and just whether you're talking about work or you're not talking about work for me it's seeing that they're willing to put aside that time for you and put in those hours to like see you develop and make sure that you're comfortable and develop that relationship because I think that's something that's obviously not it's something that should happen but it doesn't happen in a lot of roles and just being able to get that time with them is shows that they're invested because people can get back money they can get back other things but like one thing that people can't get any more of is time. So the fact that someone's willing to take an hour out of their day and really it's not even a, I don't think that's a huge ask, but a lot of people aren't willing to do it because they're like, Oh, I don't want to go sit for an hour when I could be with my kids or I could be with my family or I have this other project going on. But for me, just the ability to call my boss or have him like have a 30 minute lunch break or an hour lunch break and say, Hey, I just like want to talk about this, like off the script or whether it's related or not to work. That time for me is huge. And then the other thing, which goes along with that, and Joey already talked about that, is um, rolling up your sleeves and, and doing like the dirty work. Because I've been having being underneath a boss that's got 15-ish years of experience, um, and we actually just got kind of placed on a proposal lately. And when he could have kind of passed the baton to me, what was this two weeks ago? We had to fill a bunch of uh, recs for a new position, and I was working till about six and ended up saying like, what, what else can I do? And I was already at about 60, 65 hours for the week. He, he's just like, you put in enough hours. I'm at like 45, 50 for the week. I'll do it from four, like 4 PM to 10 PM. And this is on a Friday. So like for a boss to do that, it's a lot easier for me to step up and be like, whatever you need. Like when you ask it of me, like I'm more than happy to step up and step to the plate and do that because it's not always easy when you, especially when you have other things that you want to go do. And you've got, uh, even when I have this kind of work, And then I've got, oh, you're going to have a 60 or 70 hour week. It's a lot easier to say, all right, I'll find the time. I'll make sure that happens when your boss is willing to work a Saturday morning or or six hours on a Friday, something like that, when they don't have to. 
just to take a little bit load off, a little bit of the load off your plate. So putting that time out there for you and showing that they're willing to put in the work as well are, are two huge things for me. So that's kind of what I've learned from one previous boss and the boss I currently have now. Nice. So mine goes back to my grocery store days. <laughs> um, gro- yeah, the grocery store yeah. is no longer oh, around. You're going to have to edit that out. Oh, yeah. They're no longer a store anymore, so it doesn't matter. I was going to say, they went under. Bleep it out, that would be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> so mine, the guy wasn't really a boss. He was uh, the general manager. And he would come in every now and then and just like, even the few times that I would interact with him, they were just not fun. Just because the guy was just big ego guy, comes in to see his store and he just acts like, I don't know, he basically would like belittle people and just wasn't fun like he'd come up to me and he'd be like he'd be like oh I see you've got some facial hair and I'm like yeah he goes well you either need to shave or you need to have a beard and I was like uh, I'm not really sure how that works I probably could take a couple weeks off I mean like I was 16 so whatever I had on my face is all I could grow so basically I had to go into work like clean shaven every day and then just like seeing how he treated other employees, it was just like he would, when you're in front of a customer with him or like someone that's shopping in the store, like he thought you were like the greatest person ever. And he's like, oh yeah, like Brandon over here, he's so great, does an amazing job. You're like just with him in the store and he's like, all right, well, why are you just standing around not doing anything? And I'm like, I'm, I'm a cashier, like what do you want me to do right now? <laughs> like there's no one here. So I like, I mean, I probably could have been doing something, but he's like, oh, why don't you go, you know, organize the shelves or something like that and I'm like all right and then so I go do that and then someone comes up and he's like well why aren't you helping this person out it's like what do you want me to do right now (laughs) so uh the biggest thing that came out of that was basically he wasn't he didn't treat people well and the store ended up not doing good at all because they closed down and I think in the end I don't know exactly what happened but they basically like everyone like unionized against him and like people weren't working and it was just because he wasn't paying people the right way and wasn't treating them the right way. So everyone basically wanted to quit. And then it wasn't for that reason that the store shut down. They were just trying to be too fancy for the area. But I think what I just learned from him is just how to treat your coworkers and not think that you're above them, even if you are status-wise. Just because we've talked about it before, like you're basically on the same level as everyone like everyone's going through the same thing at some point and he just like would just treat you like you're a piece of crap and didn't treat you like didn't know like what you could have been going through something and like he just made your day worse for no reason just because he was trying to be a big ego guy and I think that just trying not to be like him is what I learned (laughs) and basically yeah just treat people with respect and show that you actually like care about them and you're like trying to help them grow because he basically would just knock like not knock people down like he wasn't talking crap to people but just like he was not making the job any more fun than working at a grocery store can be (laughs) was an enjoyable experience when he came in and like people would always freak out they're like oh god he's coming in like make sure your shirt's tucked in make sure you're doing this and that and then once he was gone like a new guy came in when they try to revamp the store and like people were you could wear whatever you wanted like you could tell it was a lot better atmosphere so i think just giving people more freedom and like letting people be themselves and not i would never want to be the guy that people would worry when i'm coming into the office or coming into 
anywhere, and that just would be awful. So basically not be him. Respect and ego. No, I think I think those are two huge ones. Yeah. I think and I think those are two that probably more than not likely then they are probably the most prevalent. Yeah. Especially when you have people in those positions and so for all you future leaders and future bosses out there because <laughs> I, I think I think a big one is is put the ego aside and show everybody that you're willing to be at their level and not you're not leading from the front but you're leading from the middle. I think if that makes sense. Yeah, cuz I think that just how I'm seeing like all these new startup companies now, it's like it seems like the bosses are trying to be more like their employees because like you see them like oh like hanging out like going out to get drinks and stuff or doing whatever like outside outside of work getting to know them like you were saying joey having an out of work relationship and i think that's a huge one because then you can actually feel comfortable at work and you don't feel like oh this guy is he's my boss i gotta be this way and not act any different than i would act when i'm outside of work i guess to a point awesome I really like that one. So I got one more. I got one more question. I am curious, and this is a little bit, a little bit personal, but just on the development side of things, I kind of want to learn from what everybody else is going through. But my question is, what are one or, or more uh, bad habits that you currently have that you think are keeping you from getting to that next level, from being the, the most efficient, the most effective, the most successful that you can possibly be? I think everybody's got them, whether they recognize them or not. So I'm curious what you think those are for you personally. I'll go because it kind of leads off of my last one is getting comfortable with the people that I'm around and not wanting to move up because I have developed good relationship with the people that I sit around and even like my manager and my supervisor. And last year I noticed it when like management position opened up and I didn't go for it because I was so comfortable with where I was. And I was like, oh, I don't want to leave these guys. What's going to happen when I leave? I'm not going to have as much fun being a manager. So I think it's something like that where I actually need to get out of that comfort zone. And I kind of have now just by basically saying to my manager that I don't want to be in the same position next year. Because I'm not going to advance anywhere in my career if I just think that hanging out and having fun at work all day is what it's all about. Because obviously it's fun, but... I'm just going to be sitting at my desk like 40 years from now being like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not helping it at all by just thinking that having fun all day is the best thing for me. And then another thing is, it basically goes along with that, is just getting used to the things that I'm doing at work. I can go a whole day like going through the motions and doing the same thing and being like, oh, this is fine. I know how to solve everything here. And I think that would be for me is like getting that next step up and actually learning new things and not just being like, okay, I'm going to go into work today. These five things are going to happen. I got to get these two things done for sure. And then the day will be over. And I think for me, I think that's something that I want to get away from is actually venturing out and talking to different people in different positions and work to see like what else is out there and how other people go about solving problems and not just doing my way the whole time. Cause there could be, someone that has the same issue but they do it completely different and get it done more efficiently i think and joey I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this but brandon the first one that you noted i think is the most common hurdle the mo- probably the biggest dream killer like the biggest 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 dream killer is complacency yep and i i think like especially in the workplace because i think it's really easy to go in and say like, oh, I found a group of people that I love to work with, which is awesome. Like, that's that's the place you want to be. Yeah. But the problem is people at the same token say, like, well, I don't want to leave this. Like, this is where I feel comfortable working. Like, 
I'm happy every day and that's awesome. That's exactly what you want. But at some point, if, if like moving up in your career is, is something that you want to do, you're going to have to leave that comfort zone. And I don't think it's like you complacency on like getting things done, but it's the people you surround yourself with and yep. you become exactly like those people you surround yourself with. And I think that is such a good one because I think you see it everywhere. Like I've seen it in the office and in six months that people have the opportunity to move into every other place. And they're like, why would I leave here? Like, I, I know exactly what I have to do on a daily basis. I get to see all my friends. Like, why yep. would I leave this? And I think that's such a huge one. So for everybody listening and I, Joey, you can, you can chime in on that too. But I see that being a massive, massive one is being able to step outside that and say, I have other things that I want to accomplish. And that's not to leave behind like whatever you've been working on yeah. because you can still keep those bonds strong, but it's, it's not having that, complacency of i just okay with where i'm at mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah i think i mean you guys you guys covered most of it but it's uh, another good example is i mean it's it's relationship wise and it's it's the type of work you're doing so if you think about it you're in the deep diving in the data running analytics all day long and after two years like or a year whatever timeline you get really good at it and you're like, wow, I'm actually like efficient at this. I know what I'm doing. And then a second later, your boss comes up and it's like, all right, now we're going to start doing this and you're going to build on this. And you're like, well, well, I just got good at this. Give me a second, you know? <laughs> and people get like scared. They're like, oh crap. Like now I have to do this. No, I, I think I'll just like stick doing this. And and stuff like that. I'm really good. I'm really good at this. And it's like, well, yeah, you're really good at that, but you can expand your skills and you can build upon that so much. Like thinking about, for example, for me is just like thinking about running, running analytics and observing, um, different financials and things like that. And then they're like, all right, you're, you're doing good here. Now we're going to work on selling our services. And I'm like, what you want? <laughs> you know, I am an accountant, right? <laughs> and it's like, and you just get thrown for a loop, but it's, it's true. You gotta, you gotta leave your comfort zone and, and, uh, really expand your skills and you can't be scared. Once you nail something down, that's great. Just keep, keep going, keep going. Don't stop there. No, I think that's so, I love the, the, what you just brought up of the fact of, I think people are really, really scared to hear that what they're currently doing is no longer is no longer the best way to do it or like what they're doing is obsolete and people get so like reflexive when someone says like, Oh, we have this new way of doing something. And I think people are really scared to say like, okay, I'll step up and learn that. And I think in some cases you got to say, if you are the matter, like subject matter expert in a certain area, you can step up and say, no, I think this might actually be the best way. But I think it's really easy for emotions to get in the way and say, I've been doing this for three years. I'm really good at this. Now they want to change it. Like, I don't want them to come to me and say that, someone can do what I'm doing better or that I'm going to start doing my job worse because I have to try something else. And I think taking that step, taking that leap is massively important in anything you do, because especially in the world we're living in now, things change faster and faster than ever. It's not the same process for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. You have a new software, a new hardware that you're working with every year, every six months. So being able to be adaptable in that setting is so important. So I think that point is unbelievable for everyone working out there right now. So there's two things. One is more of a popular one. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I just wanted to mention it was would be getting feedback. Um, just so you get feedback from a third party and a different perspective. 
and someone above you who knows a little bit more or even a peer, you know, just the general third perspective. It, that's so, so important. Um, but the one thing I really wanted to cover was something for me that's a bad habit. I won't say it's a quick fix, but it's an easier fix would be um, some sort of self-review. So for me, when I when I complete a project, when I complete something, honestly, I just don't want to think about it anymore and be like, all right, it's done. Send it off. And that's that. And, and especially when you're busy, you know, you got a queue of things lined up, right? You finish a project, you're like, all right, on to the next one. And like, you don't even like think about how that project that you just finished can help you in the future, right? You, you do like a little self-review, like, let's see, what did I struggle with? And how could I make that more efficient or make it easier for the next time? What did I do well with? And how could I continue doing that or improve upon that in the future? And when we when we are really busy or we just forget about things, we don't allow ourselves to look back and really review our own work and this really sets us back, you know? I mean, it's so useful and so, for me, underutilized. And so I think that's, like I said, I wouldn't say a quick fix, but an, an easier fix to do is just to look back at my own work, see what I did well, see what I didn't do well, and how can I improve upon those things. That's really good. I agree. I 100% agree with that. I have two that I, I was going to touch on. One of them is personal, um, just in everyday life, and one of them is more professionally related the professionally related one is a really bad habit i have is saying yes to everything that comes up and that might not sound as bad but what you were just talking about joey is like the biggest drain of getting good work done is having a queue of 14 things that you need to get done so you're touching between six or seven or eight different tasks and it's different between doing different tasks and doing tasks on completely unrelated projects throughout the day because um, the, the work I do is, is anal- being like an analyst as well. And when you're flipping between, and we've talked about this before, but when you're flipping between four or six or eight different projects in a day, you really never get a time to really get into anything. It's just you getting surface level on everything. And right when you start to dig into it, something, it's like, well, I have seven other things on the docket, so I need to switch over to this next thing. You never get the time to actually dive really deep into something, but it's that need of wanting to say yes and wanting to help out with things. And I think a lot of people have this. I don't think this is something by any means that I have. I think a lot of people struggle with this is because we as humans want to please other people. And just saying yes is we feel like it's it's nice to them. And we also like taking on that extra work a lot of the times. So one big thing that's been an en- like an energy drainer for me and just I think work drainer in general is taking on way too much instead of taking on something that you're really passionate about or taking on one or two things at a time. Because when you have that docket of six to seven things, it's you're always jump between something else and you never get to really dive deep and do the good critical thinking that you should be doing on a single topic, at least in my view. The second one is more personal and that is hitting the snooze button. I usually journal at the end of every day and I've noticed that the snooze button absolutely kills my day. Like even if I, if I hit the snooze button and lay in bed for another like 10 or 15 minutes or sometimes it's an extra hour, but the snooze button absolutely kills me because whatever it is, and I don't know biologically what it is, I probably should, but whenever I do that, I feel so much groggier and less determined throughout the day. When I can just get up, when I hear my alarm and I get up the first time, even though when I first get up, I might be feel super tired, once I'm up for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm totally fine throughout the day. But my problem is you have that first alarm go off, and especially in winter, if you're in a cold area or it's dark outside, 
brutal. It's so easy to just roll over and say like, no, I need an extra 10 minutes or 15 minutes of sleep. It's not a big deal. But for me, it's such a huge deal. Like it, it predicates the whole rest of my day. And I realize that when I just get out of bed and get up, like I totally awake within 10 to 15 minutes. But when I don't do that, I'll drag on, like I'll get up and I'm groggy for an hour or two hours. And I think it's mental too, that I just know that at the start of the day, I laid in bed for an extra 15 minutes instead of getting up and starting to get stuff done. So I think it's probably a little bit physical, a little bit mental, but that's one thing that's just, I notice it and I do it probably once or twice a week and it just kills my day. And I think it's probably just as much mental as it is physical, but it's getting up when that first alarm sounds. It's, it's not easy to do. It's your room is cold and it's cold outside and it's still dark out. But I think it's, it's something that you just have to hold yourself to and hold yourself accountable. But for me, that's something that I've noticed that really drains my energy, drains my determination throughout the day. And I don't know if either of you have felt that ever, but I definitely, oh, it impacts me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, both of those I agree with. Like, I'm I'm a huge yes man. And the alarm thing is not like I do that every day. I since I've been staying at this house, I haven't done it just because like, I feel like I need to get up and like, I have to let the dogs out and I don't want to press snooze or else I'm going to be late to work. So I think that's kind of what gets me is that I know that when I set my alarm, when I'm at home, that I'll be able to get to work on time if I even snooze. So I think when I get back home, I'm going to just set my alarm for when I actually hit snooze or the time that it would be whatever. But I think I've gotten used to it now where like I'm ready to get up and go because, yeah, I feel the same way. And even when... I used to take naps during my uh, my lunch break. That's like, you fall asleep for like 30 minutes and I get up and I notice that when I sit down at my desk, I am so pissed off. Like, people could, like, it would be the smallest issue and I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, fuck this guy. This is so dumb. Like, what the fuck? And like, I just sit there and like, I say all this under my breath and I was like, if people hear me, like, I sound psychotic. And then all of a sudden, like, I start to wake up a little more and like I'm not as groggy and I'm like wow like you kind of just like snap and you're like what did I just do like wasn't it was just so in the moment and I'm like that what whatever just happened like was so small and insignificant that it did not matter at all and I, here I am like about to like break my phone <laughs> so yeah it's, I think uh, that sounds about right yeah um <laughs> I think so it sounds like one of the solutions is is uh having an excuse to wake up right brandon yep yeah like you got the dogs this time yep. um what's what seeks like what's gonna force you to wake up and uh i think another I good buy tactic a dog. that another good tactic <laughs> that i'm actually like I'm, I'm scared to try and it's not that bad it's just putting your alarm on the other side of the room um so you can't hit the snooze button so you have to wake up and Oh, I'm just too scared to try that because I really don't have to wake <laughs> up. But I think it's something that maybe we should try. It's not a bad way to go about it. And I, I think, Joey, you made a really good point is having an, an excuse and this concept of it to get out of bed. And I think a lot of that is not an excuse to get out of bed. Or it could be an excuse to get out of bed, but having something that you're excited to go do every day, whether that's your job, whether that's to get up and work out, whether that's to work on something that you like to work on in the morning or do something that you care about, whether it's dogs or reading <laughs> or whatever, using that first like 30 minutes or hour, whether it's your job or something else outside in your personal life, having that. Cause I think 
when you have that, it's a lot easier to get up. Like when oh, I yeah. when I had to get up for hockey in the morning, I have no problem getting out of bed. But then you have a job and you have to be up. It's two hours later and you still can't get out of bed. So um, I think it's finding something that you're passionate about. But I think that having that quote unquote excuse to get you out of bed and get you up in the morning is is actually a really really great, not so much a tactic, but something that everyone should have. Well, that's a good one. You want to wrap her up? Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll be Bobby here. I think our e update. As far as for me, I need to get better at the uh, the old social media, not getting some likes on some pictures. So I got to figure out that on my end to make it a little better and more enjoyable for people because the numbers have gone down. So got to get better at that. I think as far as that, Bobby's been working on the website and it's looking pretty good from what I've seen. So I think the mobile version will be coming up soon for everyone to see and Thank you, everyone, for listening. Next week, we'll have the full crew back, so look forward to that. Share our podcast with everyone. (laughs) We want to get this thing big. We want to hear your opinions on how we're doing. We want to hear your guys' experiences, too. If you guys got any pressing thoughts on any of the topics we talk about, shoot it Brandon's way, shoot it towards the email, shoot it towards uh, social media, and we want to make this a platform where everybody can learn and grow together. So the stuff we say might not resonate with, resonate with you, but tell us what works for you. Tell us what doesn't work for you. That's how uh, we can make this the best we can possibly make it. So we're excited for next week. Yep. Bye-bye, we'll see you next guys. next week, folks.